Welcome to the Center for Christian Spirituality podcast. What follows is an audio recording of the weekly contemplative worship service at Chapelwood United Methodist Church in Houston, Texas. For the next 40 minutes, you are invited to engage and rest with scripture, music, prayer, silence, and brief meditations. Our hope is that you will allow wherever you are right now to be a sacred space for you, perhaps by resting in a favorite chair or lighting a candle, by gazing out a window or relaxing outside. A guide for this contemplative worship experience, including prayers, scriptures, and song lyrics, is available in PDF format at www.chapelwood.org. You can visit that same website to learn more about the Center for Christian Spirituality. The Center provides resources for people who seek a deepening relationship with God in a way that transforms their relationship with God, others, self, and the world. We are grateful you're sharing the journey with us today.
peace that forgives, peace that comes stormy sea, love that brings healing, trust that endures, truth that can set us
Therefore, since we are made righteous by trusting, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. 
And not only that, but we also boast in our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the spirit of holiness that has been given to us. Last Monday and Tuesday, I did something that I have not done since I became an adult. A jigsaw puzzle. For Christmas, I received a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle. It's the first one I've ever been given because, to be honest, I'm not much of a jigsaw fan. But I am a fan of Agatha Christie and Hercule Poirot. And this particular jigsaw puzzle was the world of Agatha Christie, the world of Hercule Poirot, and it contained in the picture over 100 clues to different cases that he's in in the novels. So I put some gentle music on, I lit the fireplace to add to the ambiance in the cold weather, tipped 1,000 pieces onto the table and started sorting. I thought I could just, well, I'll just sort the pieces through in one pass and then I'll be ready to go. That didn't happen. I found all the edge pieces and sorted everything else into brown and not brown. There was so much brown. I slowly built the edge of the jigsaw, and after about an hour, I realized that my efficient sorting had missed some of the edge pieces. I went back to my large pile of brown versus non-brown and resorted them, looking for edges. And this time, I added a new category. Brown, not brown, oriental rug. Yeah, you can guess how well that went later on, can't you? I still missed a few of the edge pieces, but started working methodically, filling in different areas, and slowly, I started to relax. My breathing slowed down. After a while, that big pile of brown no longer looked quite so monochromatic. I began to see subtle differences in the shades of brown. And differences in the shading that helped me identify the different parts of the picture. I was also able to distinguish the dark blue of the postman's uniform from the black of the man in the dinner jacket and the other very dark blue, almost black, man in a pinstripe suit. I could tell the difference between the general in red military attire and the woman in a red kimono. 
I found the model of the pyramids. I found the Orient Express. Frustration began to give way to contemplation. When I was about two-thirds done, I looked at the pile of pieces I had left, was convinced that there was no way that I could fit all of that pile into the holes I had left in the jigsaw. The factory screwed up. There must be some duplicate pieces. As I kept working, I found that I developed this almost uncanny ability to look at the pile of unplaced pieces, pick up one, and then just go exactly to the right place in the jigsaw and put it in. It was calming. It was relaxing. It was meditative. And yes, it was contemplative. And you know what? Every piece was there, none were missing, no duplicates. Everything fitted together perfectly. The Hebrew word which we translate as peace is the word shalom. But it means more than just peace. It communicates wholeness completeness. Used as a verb, it means to repair, to restore, to make whole, just like the jigsaw. And I think, just like my experience with my jigsaw, as we spend time welcoming, receiving God's peace, we begin to see more clearly. We begin to see subtle differences in the pieces of our lives that first all looked the same, that we couldn't work out how all of this fitted together. Slowly, clarity arises, and things begin to take shape and make sense. Like Julian of Norwich, Somehow we find that everything belongs. St. Aidan, whose prayer we prayed earlier, he experienced God's peace and love ebbing and flowing just like the tide. And I think we do too. Sometimes for me, God's peace and grace feels really close and other times, it feels like it's just flown away from me. But I trust that like the tide, God's peace, God's grace will flow back. And so just for a few moments, let's sit and welcome the tide and allow the flow of God's peace to come back to us. Let's pray.
as much as may be. Make me a holy island held by the sea. As the tide swirls around me, set me apart. Leave me alone with God. Let love fill my heart. Make me an island. Make me an island held in the ocean of your love. Cradled and grounded, ever surrounded. Make me an island held in your We have been exploring this idea of what it means and feels like to embody grace. And today, our focus is on um, an aspect of that, which is embodying peace. Embodying peace. Um, so why peace? Why embody peace? Well, you might recall that repeatedly, in the letters of the New Testament, grace and peace to you occurs at the beginning of most of the letters, at the beginning or the end. And so there's something about grace and peace together. Grace and peace to you, Paul says. Grace and peace to you, Peter says. Why? Why do they put grace and peace together? Well, it goes back to the ancient... Jewish priestly blessing that we find at the end of Numbers 6, where we read that the Lord tells Moses what to tell Aaron and his children to say to uh, the people of Israel, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord make his face to dawn upon you or lift up his face upon you and give you peace, shalom, grace and peace to you. So these early disciples of Jesus and the apostles, they took on this priestly role in their letters to Christians, blessing them with grace, blessing them with God's peace, wanting them to truly experience it. But it's one thing to, to hear about it or think about it, and it's another thing to actually experience it, to practice it. So I want to invite us into a, a practice of this, a practice of sensing 
what shalom means, a kind of a wholeness, a kind of completeness, a, a kind of, to use another word, coherence, where we, even physically, physiologically, we feel like we're in sync. And so I invite you into this practice of receiving peace, just to close your eyes and to focus on the air of your heart. And imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area, breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. Find an easy rhythm that's comfortable. It's almost like we're imagining our breath like the tide coming in and out, if that's helpful. And as you continue to focus on your heart and practice this heart-focused breathing, imagine a warm feeling of sunshine in your heart. It's like the radiant sun of God's loving presence. And make a sincere attempt to experience the regenerative feeling of peace in your warm heart. It's like your heart is a sun and it's filling your body with peace. Your warm heart radiating peace, filling you with peace.
and waves of forgiveness are covering us. Love like a waterfall falling on us, flooding our hearts with grace and How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the one who brings good news, proclaiming shalom, bringing good news of good things, announcing salvation, and saying to Zion, your God reigns. I think that... Um, We often think of peace as quiet, as calm. And the way that I'm going to have that peace is if the things outside of me are quiet and calm. I've told you before that I was an early childhood educator at a therapeutic preschool in Waco, Texas. And this preschool served children in, that lived in chaos, basically, in poverty and in instability in their home. And they were identified and invited to become a part of this, of this very special school. Something that would happen every now and then is the children's chaos would leak out. Their inner chaos would come out and they would just go and take everything off the shelves. They would stand there and just pull out all the crayons, dump them on the floor, the puzzles, the dramatic play center date, empty all the costumes out, leaving the classroom in just a wreck. And we as the teachers, not having really experienced this kind of behavior before, we, our, our impulse was to immediately start restoring the shelves, to start putting the books back, putting the puzzles back, pushing in the toppled over chairs, controlling the environment. We couldn't help it while the children kind of worked this out. And our director debriefed this with us one day and said, let me tell you what I observed. As while the children were spinning, you were organizing. I wonder what that's about. Now, we, we then talked through it talked about all the good therapeutic practices that we could be employing, and even spiritual practices, so that when the next time that happened, we were more ready 
to engage this chaos. So when it happened again, instead of organizing and controlling the environment, we came alongside the children and we literally placed our bodies right beside them. We did our good breathing. We were anchored while the children were not. We were grounded while the children were not. And eventually, it, it did run its course, but we were able to engage them and whatever emotional state that they were in. We were able to talk with them. Instead of trying to control the objects in the room, we came from a place of our heart and hopefully made a connection with their hearts. And when, let me tell you, when we did that, really great things happened. It wasn't about trying to make something happen. It was being a presence of peace. It wasn't calm and quiet on the outside so that I could have it on the inside. It was living from the inside out. The scripture, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the one who brings good news, proclaiming shalom. What would it be like if instead of controlling or manipulating or organizing the environment, what if we went inward we did our own work, our own grounding, our own practices, so that our presence proclaimed peace. What would that be like? That rushes at me, face it and offer peace to all that I see, bearing your presence till the tide turns once more, holding me back to as I was before. Make me an island, make me an island, held in the ocean of your love, cradled and grounded, ever so Surround. 
to proclaim peace, to bear the presence of the God of Shalom like Rachel mentioned and like we've sung in Peter's new song here, is to be a priest. Just like the priests of old, just like the apostles of Jesus in these letters, we are also to be priests to God and priests to the world. Uh, as we embody grace and peace, we are also taking on this priestly function. So let's practice this together as well. So I invite you to add on to the practice we did earlier. I'm going to guide you through the same practice, but then we're going to add a couple of more steps as we take this move more outward. But first, let's get re-anchored in this peace within. And so I invite you to focus on the air of your heart and imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or your chest area breathing a little slower and deeper than you usually do. And to find an easy rhythm that's comfortable. And as you do that, make a sincere attempt to experience the regenerative feeling of peace within you, in your, in your warm heart. like the light of God's face shining on you, shining in your warm heart. And now I invite you to radiate the warm feeling of peace to the persons around you right now. In this, wherever you're at, in this chapel, or if you're joining us online, just radiate that feeling, that warm feeling of peace from your heart to the person on your left, to the person on your right, maybe the person in front of you, behind you, just like the sun radiates your warm heart, allow it to radiate to the people around you right now. And one final step, I invite you to allow your mind to, to just come upon maybe a person in your life or a situation in your life, maybe a person or persons who need peace, who might be in chaos right now, where you can embody peace to this person or in this situation that you have coming up. And I invite you now just to radiate a warm feeling of peace from your heart to that person now or persons or that situation. Just spend the next few moments sending out, radiating out from your warm heart peace.
shalom to this person or persons or situation. bless you now in the name of the Lord. Peace to you. We bless you now in the name of the Prince of
Grace and peace to you. 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 Let us pray. Oh God, pour out your spirit upon us gathered here and upon these gifts of bread and cup, and may they be for us the life force of Jesus the Christ, our Savior, Redeemer, Teacher, Life Giver, and Friend. Amen. You are each invited to partake of this meal, um, this beautiful ritual that gives us life. It invites belonging. It invites peace. 
So as you come to one of the two communion stations, when you come, cup your hands like this, and we'll put, place the bread in your hand, and then there will be a little cup of juice on the pedestal stand, and you can take that. You can come to the, commu to the prayer rails to make your communion, or right there, or back at your seat, whatever feels right for you. If you need a gluten-free option, come to the organ side and tell us, and we will help you with that. This table's for all of us. However you are, would you come?
thank you for your presence here this morning and for the ways that um, you participate in helping uh, create this place where we can embody grace and peace uh, to one another, both receiving grace and peace and embodying it. Um, so we're grateful for how we get to do that together here. I just want to draw your attention to a few announcements. Of course, we have a time of centering prayer um, in a few minutes. If you want a little bit longer period of silence, uh, Nancy Sterling leads the group. Just come over here to the um, organ side, and it's about 10 minutes of silence, more extended silence. At 10 o'clock in the worship, uh, well, in the anchor house, we're going to have our worship response time. And if you just want to go a little deeper into um, what you experienced here, to share that with uh, some other folks, and maybe to ask some questions about some things in the service, when we invite you to join us at 10 o'clock in the, in the anchor house. We have an open studio uh, soul collage today with Cindy Serio. Um, oftentimes that happens on Saturdays, but this uh, month we're having that um, in the anchor house today at one o'clock. So if you have questions about that, want to talk to Cindy more about that, she'll be out in the foyer and, um, and you can speak with her about that. Um, of course, we have our guided silent retreat coming up and see some more things coming up. Um, one final note, uh, please prayerfully consider uh, your estimate of giving for 2024. Um, that greatly helps us also as we make plans. And, um, but if you could submit that by next Sunday or so, that would greatly um, help us. We would be very grateful. All you have to do is scan that QR code that you find on your bulletin, and it'll take you right to that page. Now, as is our practice here, we are about to um, just linger for a few more moments into, in this chapel and be receptive to what is God's good word for you. What, what will you take with you as you leave this place? Um, maybe a way that you can practically embody grace, something that, that you heard today or uh, a way that you can embody God's peace to another person or the situation. But just get in touch with that before you leave your pew, and then once you have received that or chosen it, either uh, join Nancy for Centering Prayer or um, Atama Fellowship in the foyer. But as we leave, I invite you to one more time to say this prayer of St. Aidan, St. Aidan of Holy Island Lindisfarne, which is where this picture is taken that you see. Um, so please join me. Leave me alone with God as much as may be. As the tide draws the waters close in upon the shore, make me an island set apart, alone with you, God, holy to you. Then with the turning of the tide, prepare me to carry your presence to the busy world beyond, the world that rushes in on me till the waters come again and fold me back to you. Amen.